Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. My name is Iman, and today I am joined by Daniel Hackett. Daniel, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Thank you for joining me today. Can you tell all of the fine folk where they can find you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you can follow me on my Twitter handle, uh, dhackett1565. Uh, I mostly just send out random stuff about the Raptors for the most part. A little bit of salary cap stuff, a little bit of stat stuff, that sort of thing. Right, and I'm glad you you mentioned the salary cap stuff because with the new CBA coming out and free agency starting in like less than 24 hours here, I thought who better to bring on the pod than the man who knows quite a bit, I would say the most of anyone on the Raptor sphere about uh, the salary cap, except for maybe Bobby Webster. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me today. Um, let's start at the top. How are you feeling? Let's Let's get vibe check going. How are you feeling about the Fred Van Vliet situation? It's a nerve-wracking offseason. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, yeah, it seems like the Raptors are at a bit of a crossroads, and it's really hard to always tell what they actually want to do. <laughs> I was thinking there was going to be a big trade at the draft, and then there wasn't. Uh, that trade could still be there. The Blazers took exactly who everybody would have wanted at that pick. So they end up deciding they want to make Dame happy, they can still go do that. Or they can trade him. <laughs> who knows what, what if, they'll do either. They're yeah, similar to the Raptors that way. It kind of feels like that with a lot of the NBA. It feels like they're like breaking news that just happened before we got in front of the mics is that James Harden is opting into his contract and now the Philadelphia 76ers are looking for trade partners for him. So it really feels like the landscape of the entire NBA could really, really be shifting. I think we're in for one of the more interesting um, off seasons. And it's all because of the new CBA. Uh, A lot of teams are looking to shed salary quick and making themselves just not hold on to a lot or long-term contracts. And a lot of that is because of the CBA. Now you've taken a look at a little bit of it, right? You know more than I do. I haven't really dug into it. What are your thoughts on this new CBA that just come out? So they've, they've done a lot to stop teams that spend a lot of money from changing their teams. It seems like the main strategy here, where if you're a team that spends a lot for a long time, you can keep your players for as long as you want, as long as you want to pay heavy taxes for it. But if you're a team that's going to lose somebody in free agency and want to swap that player out with another similar salary player, you're not allowed to do that anymore. So they've done a whole bunch of things where salary matching is much more difficult for these teams that spend way over the tax. They're not allowed to participate in sign-in trades in either direction. It used to be you couldn't receive a player in a sign-in trade. Now you can't even send them out to right. use a salary imagine. Um, and there's a bunch of other things like exceptions and, and mid, like the mid-level exception that you lose completely um, at these higher spending limits. So it's just really hard to keep adding to your team or keep replenishing your team if you don't do it from within with draft picks uh, for these high-spending teams. 
And I think that's a perfect segue into what the Raptors are sort of looking at. Um, one is the, the conversation about, about sign-in trades, but also about building your team from within and just paying your guys as opposed to bringing in outsiders to try and build your team. Fred Van Vliet and Jakob Pertl are both unrestricted free agents at the start of the year. It looked like, or I should say at the trade deadline, it really did look like the Raptors would have three unrestricted free agents that switched over to two once Gary Trent Jr. opted into his contract, but they still have, I would say some of their biggest decisions. I think it always looked like Jakob Pertl and Fred Van Vliet were the two big ones, namely Fred Van Vliet. And there seems to be most noise around his name. Vibe check on that. Do you think Fred Van Vliet is staying? I still think he's staying. I'm not okay. sure. This Houston Rockets deal, if I was him, is a little scary from a couple of perspectives. Let's get into One, it. I love that. Okay. So first off, small guards going into their 30s yes. generally see their values drop as they get older. So going into this offseason, my thinking was for Fred, this is he's been betting on himself for a long time. Early player option opt-outs, taking short deals. This is the time to cash in. This is the summer that he does it. And you can say, you look at this Houston Arkansas offer, they're giving him his maximum salary. Maybe that's cashing in, but it's only for two years. So he's right. locking in about $80 million of guaranteed salary. If he does see his body fail him over the next couple of years, or his, his knees and back get worse, or for whatever reason, his shooting continues to drop off, he might not be able to recoup the amount of money he could have on a long-term deal a couple of years from now. Now, this is Fred Van Vliet. He might just say, you know, forget that. I'm going to bet on myself yet again. <laughs> I'm going to take the money now, and then I'll hit free agency again. He might do that. The other concern with this Houston Rockets deal is, to me, it looks like they want to pay him to be a vet on the team this year. And next year, they want him as salary ballast in a big trade. They get on to go star hunting to add to their core, and they've got a nice, big, fat $40 million expiring that they can throw into any trade they want. And since he's on a multi-year deal, he can't say, he doesn't have a no trade clause. He can't stop from happening. So. Right. Um, no, and I, those are a couple of really key points that you're, that I, I want to sort of get into a little bit more. And the first one is, as soon as I heard the proposed deal, um, you know, two years, what is it? $83 million. Um, and mind you, uh, you know, it was Mark Stein who reported this and he did say that that's, you know, he believes that, um, or executives around the league believe that Fred Van Vliet will sign this deal. So that's not really anything concrete. And of course you can't hear anything concrete because that would be tampering and it would violate all sorts of things, but also that proposed deals already tampering. Um, but um, it just, it feels very much more like hearsay, not anything that's coming out of Fred Van Vliet's camp, not anything that's coming out of the Houston Rockets camp, but who knows. Um, but I, I think the, the point about it only being two years and Fred Van Vliet is 29 now, that contract will end when he's 31. Um, and yeah, as soon as I heard it, I was like, this is a bet on yourself deal if I've ever heard of one, but it feels rather risky. I know there are a lot of conversations about him wanting to be a free agent again when he is in his 10th year. And I can let you get into what that means as a 10 year max that he can sign. Um, but that also feels not that likely because how many teams are lining up to give a 31-year-old a 10-year max uh, extension there? What are, what are your thoughts on, on that 10-year conversation? So the 10-year max is sort of a similar thing to what Pascal Siakam is talking about right now. It's considered, it's called the super max. And essentially it's just, you get, instead of 30% of the cap, like most veteran players get, you get 35%. 
And you can qualify for it automatically by just having served 10 years in the league. Right. So there aren't, you don't have to make all NBA or do any of that other stuff. Right. As long as you're old, you can get paid more. Um, And, but for Pascal Siakam, he can get that early. If you get stuff like all NBA teams, be an MVP, et cetera. Um, So that's going to be a discussion moving into next year for Pascal Siakam. But uh, for Fred, he can just wait. Now he has to wait three years. To get his to get oh, his so ten years. Oh, that's the third year. Oh, I thought it was after so, two years. Okay. Two years leaves him short. Um, so that's not quite not quite what he wants right. uh, from that perspective. So in that in that situation, maybe if a four year deal deal where the fourth year is a player option where he can opt out early once he's eligible for that higher salary, uh, is something he'd want more. That being said, he is not like with the exception of this. Houston Rockets will pay you a lot to get really short term sort of right. offer. Right. He's not getting a max offer from anybody. Right. He's not getting 30% uh, except as this sort of we'll try to steal you away sort of offer. Um, in terms of a long-term deal, no one's going to pay him 35% when he's at 10 years. So no. I don't think that's a major concern. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think there's any real fire to that smoke, but, um, or any of the noise. Um, I Okay, so I, I think the second point that you brought up is also a very interesting one. When you look at the Houston Rockets, they've got to hit the salary floor. They they got a ton of money, and they've just got to give it out to people. That's why we're hearing Kyle Kuzma's name, Fred VanVleet's name, Brooke Lopez's name, Chris Middleton's name. Absolutely anyone who is a free agent does feel like Fred is at the top of the list because I do think they want his veteran mentorship. Fred VanVleet is a good player. Fred VanVleet is a point guard. It's things that people need. Um and, and I think the fact that he's a guard matters a lot, too, because when you're flipping him with one more year left on his deal, that, that becomes a really nice trade piece for all of these other teams that maybe have stars and it does not work out for them, right? Because so many teams are going to be looking to not be repeat luxury tax paying teams. A lot of teams are going to be looking at ducking the second apron and all sorts of things. And so having a giant expiring on the books, it's going to be really really valuable to teams in the future and it kind of looks like the houston rockets are gearing up for that no it, it, it very well could be um it also just helps to be prepared nobody yeah. thought james harden was going to be on the trade market right now yeah i was not in there in terms of the whispers that everybody hears the, the same whispers that suggest that fred's getting this offer nobody said anything like that about harden he was definitely opting out he was maybe going to houston he was probably staying with the seven years none of that is on the table anymore <laughs> Right, it all changed right. in an instant. So uh, having those big pieces around for when something surprising happens on the market is just the sort of thing a team wants for flexibility. Right. Um, and, and I'm with you. I sort of had my doom and gloom moment this morning where I was like, Red's gone. Uh, I think he's staying. I, I think it makes the most sense. I think one one thing that I, I want to get into you with is just what sort of offer the Raptors could give him because $40 million, I think, is completely off the table. I don't think it would be very responsible for the Toronto Raptors to be doing right now. Um, I, I don't know if they can even possibly do it. I don't know what the rules are around that, but um, that seems to be off the table. And to me, the question becomes years. Um, whether they give him, as you mentioned, that player option for the fourth year, because I think they're going to maybe be haggling over that fourth year, if anything. And for Fred Van Vliet, because as I mentioned, he's already 29 years old, having those years is going to matter quite a bit, I would imagine to him. What are your thoughts on what the Raptors could offer him and what you might see them do considering, you know, they've got a lot of decisions to make, but it all starts with first, can you retain Fred Van Vliet? Once that's done, then how do we move forward? Sure. 
my answer might be a little bit rambling on this one. I've got a Please. that's all <laughs> I did. Here. So starting point, uh, the luxury tax. So anybody who's not familiar, if you spend over the cap in the NBA by a certain amount, it's like $15, 20000000 million over the cap. Actually, I think it's more than that now with it scaling up so much. I think um, so too, yeah. This year, it's more like $30 million uh, over the cap. Uh, once you spend that much, if you keep spending above that, the, at the end of the year, the NBA taxes you. Basically, if you're five million over, they're actually they'll tax you some number of million extra dollars that you have to pay because you spent more than you should have. And the further into the tax you go, the more uh, restrictive it is. You get you start paying two dollars for one dollar, three dollars for one dollar, and so on. This is just the cost of doing business for good teams. Your salary goes up really high to keep your uh, your team together. Um, but there's something called repeater tax, which is yeah. don't do it consistently. You're not allowed to just always outspend everybody else. And all that does is it makes it twice as expensive to go into the tax. That's what the old CBA it used to be. They tacked an extra dollar on to each of the tiers. Um, two bucks. Now they've doubled it. So now yeah. usually a tax paying team that's going, say, $10 million into the, into the tax would be paying something like two dollars for each dollar of tax they spent now it's going to be three dollars for each dollar of tax they spend very quickly gets very expensive so what teams want to do yes go into the luxury tax spend when it makes sense when you're a contender what you don't want to do is activate that repeater tax situation before you have to so a team like the raptors right now they might a couple years from now or three years from now be a contender scotty burns blossoms into a star who knows what good things happen? They could be really good if all, all goes well. And that's when they right. want to spend tax. If they start going into the tax now, they're going to set off that Peter tax clock early and it's going to mess them up down the line. So that, it's really important for them to not pay tax in these years where they're not really contenders. Right. So this circles back to Fred and Yak coming back. Yes. Right now, <laughs> with the money they have on the books, Gary having opted in, everybody else on the books. I'm assuming they're going to waive Thad Young. Thad Young's only guaranteed a million dollars of salary. Yeah. So let's just assume he gets waived and happens tomorrow or it doesn't happen at all. Um, they've got about $43 million between where they are now and the luxury tax line to give to those two players. Okay. Yeah, Fred. So I was filling around and the numbers I came up with was setting aside about $18 million for Yak, for Yak. and about $27 million for Fred. So for Yak, that's about $20 million a year. You're allowed to give raises each year, certain small raises, um, which is very much in line with what everybody expects for Yak to get. Right. So that $27 million that, uh, that Fred's potentially getting um, is not $40 million. No, it's not. <laughs> it's quite a ways away from $40 million. So that's where the Raptors are at. So if they could give him $40 million, but then if they want to stay under the tax, they got to find a way to get rid of $13 million. Right of other salary on the books. So maybe that's a Gary Trent Jr. trade, trade in for some lower salary player. I don't know if they're interested in that. <laughs> maybe if you trade Boucher and you trade Otto Porter Jr., right. you find a way off of the coast. That can cost you draft picks, depending on the other team, how interested they are. Um, so for those reasons, they probably don't want to give Fred $40 million in the first year. I don't they want to give him something below $30 million. But... What they can do, again, as you pointed out, they can offer more year. They're not trying to get Fred on a two-year deal like Houston is, a relatively mercenary deal. This is a stay here, stay stay home with us. You've been here your whole career. We want to keep you for long-term sort of deal. 
So they can go to three years. The number that was floated around very early in the rumor reel was 390 that you might see from teams. Um, that seems like too low to beat this Houston offer at this point. Now that they've come right. in with 283, it's like I'm sure Fred can make seven million dollars in that third year, no matter yeah. what happens between now yeah. and then. Yeah. Um, but as you go longer, it becomes more and more beneficial to sign a long-term deal. So if you go to four years, let's say it's 120 million dollars. That's probably on the low end, but that's sort of what the Raptors would want to see. 120, you've got an extra 40 million dollars of guaranteed money on top there. So you'd have to make 20 million dollars. Uh, per year sort of thing afterwards to sort of be keeping up. To balance, yeah. Or you could go for 140. If that's higher than the Raptors would want, they'd have to shed maybe one piece of salary. They I was thinking like, that. I think they're probably going to have to shed some more. It can't just be a, a thad. We're looking at maybe Otto and Chris Boucher just to sort of get to the starting one point. The, maybe one or the other. If you're going yeah. up a little hey. bit. It, it, really, it really depends on like how real this Houston offer is and and how what else you can sort of entice Fred and Elite with staying with. But it, it's it's interesting to me. Now I want to ask you a question. And you did mention this. I don't think the Raptors do this. I to people get very upset. Um and I think will get very upset at me just sort of mentioning this. It's not my money. I don't particularly care. Uh, I also don't think the Raptors do this, but if they're sort of gambling here and need to beat out a Houston, I don't think 40 is in the, on the table, but could the Raptors looking at look at this year as let's play the tax, see if this works, see if we've got something here, so we keep these guys together, and then just shed money next offseason because we've got all of these contracts that you know we can trade away. All of the players on the Raptors roster are on positive contracts that can easily be moved that they won't ever touch being a repeater tax team. They just be paying the luxury tax for one year. Again, I don't think they do that, but it's also not my money. What are your thoughts on something like that? It's potential. It's it's possible. Right. Um, it's it's risky. If you go into next summer, next summer they actually have a lot of players that they need to retain right. by giving raises. Uh, Pascal Siakam, if he makes All-NBA again this year, will be ready for a Supermax potentially if the Raptors want to give it to him. Even without that, he's looking at about a $5, 6000000 million pay raise just right. going to his new maximum salary. Right. Um, OG Ananobi, I have no idea what his market is going to be. It's going to be high. Like bare minimum thirty million. Probably Are we just more. hurting ourselves a little bit? Are the Raptors increasing his 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 value across the league with all of these stories? Is he just going to be worth so much more because of all of these, you know, pretend trade reports that have come out? It could be, yeah, the ten first round <laughs> picks or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it could be, Jeez. but I mean, I think that teams just actually know the value of an elite defender on the wing who can also right. hit a three. Yeah. You can usually find an elite defender on the wing who can't hit a three, or you can find a decent defender on the wing who can't hit a three. OG Ananobi is rare. Happens to do both and does more. He's, he's more than just a three and D guy as well, which is He, he does have rarer. that potential. Yeah, he does have that potential. And <laughs> You're like, I not big, yet. <laughs> the big thing that he has that most defenders don't have is he can defend one to five. Yeah. A lot of good wing defenders are good on the wing, but OG Ananobi can defend Nikola yeah. Lukic within certain schemes. Like, this is a very unique player. Um, and I don't, I don't know whether that nets him a maximum salary, but it's probably going to net him something between 30 million and the maximum salary, which is Oof. still significant. Um, so they have to pay OG. They have to pay Pascal. Right. Um, Gary Trent Jr. is now, he wants again, an unrestricted free agent next summer. Do yeah. you want to let him walk? Do you want to pay him? Precious Achua is ready for an extension this summer or re-signing next summer as a restricted free agent. Is that a core piece you want to spend money on? so on and so forth. Um, 
So that's a lot of pieces to be giving raises to. So if you're already spending into the tax this yeah. year, if you just want to keep guys, you're going to be spending the tax next year. And most of those players, you're not going to be able to trade. They're unrestricted free agents. You're not going to get value for them. Some of the guys you have to trade are the guys you just signed this summer. So it's a little bit complicated that way. Um, the other thing about repeater taxes is that by taking a year off from paying tax, yes, you don't avoid the repeater tax. You have to take two years off from tax. Right, right. So, it's it just if they take it down and just decide, hey, we're not good enough for two years. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. I also don't think it's going to be something they do. Again, it's not my money, but it's their money. And I think they want to spend that wisely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. Um, okay. I don't know if I want to get into the replacement conversation just yet because my feelings are not quite prepared. So we're going to wait a couple of minutes and focus more so on Jakob Pertl, the other player that is up for a contract. Now you mentioned it. You think it's around, I think you said 17 to 18 million. That's kind of where I have Matt. I think you said 18, was it? Or 17? To start, to start probably a $20 million average over ah, the course. Right. Okay. Now, what do you think the market is for him? Do you think that he's going to get that elsewhere? Like, do you think that there is a real threat of the Raptors missing out on signing Yaka Pertle? I know the Spurs have been rumored to want him, which like <laughs> would hurt be. my feelings. Cause like, what do you mean you have our first round pick next year as well? Um, so, so what are your thoughts on, on Yaka Pertle and, and what the Raptors, ha what happens there? Well, I think generally good centers have a market. It's usually cap. You're not usually going to get people throwing maximum salaries at good right. centers. But that's why we're talking usually, about Jakob at the 17 mark. And we're talking about OG and Pascal and Fred. Right. The 30 30 plus. And 40s. Right. <laughs> um, but they don't usually bottom out. Usually it's like teams know that good yeah. centers are valuable. Yep. They just won't spend a whole lot on them. So like Nikola uh, Vucevic, can't say his name. Uh, Vuce Vooch. Uh, just re-signed with uh, Chicago for exactly $20 million a year for the next two yep. years. I mean, even a guy like Valanciunas consistently signed for exactly 15 million dollars over yeah. and over again uh no matter what team he was on if you have a, a solid center you're going to get something like that sort of price range um so i suspect if we won't offer it to him somebody on the market will. uh whether it's the spurs on some sort of short-term deal just to yeah come on back be the center beside one so he doesn't have to play against the big guys right away um, Dude, that don't hurt our feelings guys but I think if the Raptors offer him a reason, offer him a reasonable contract and don't try to he win the ball, he I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't think he wants to go to a rebuilding team. I think he right. had enough of that with the Spurs last year. So, Which brings us back to the Fred Van Vliet question. Maybe now it's time we talk about his replacements because you mentioned it. I don't know that Jakob Pertl wants to sign with a rebuilding team. We say that because... There have been reports that Jakob Pertl does not want to sign with a rebuilding team. And now the Raptors are really looking at a scenario where they might hit a reset. They might hit a, hit a rebuild. Like you said, you expect Fred Van Vliet to, well, you're, you're guessing that he stays. I think things can change. You know, we might hear a report right after. I'm choosing to be positive and saying, Fred Van Vliet stays. What are we talking about? There's, there's no other discussion to be had here. But let's pretend, knocking on 
all kinds of wood that he does not stay. What are you looking at in terms of who the Raptors can sign? Now, I think, you know, a lot of people think if Fred's gone and you don't have to tie up 30 million in cap space to him, now you can just go through that money elsewhere. And that's not necessarily true. <laughs> so let's get into why that can't be the case and what the Raptors really do have to look at uh, a replacement for Fred VanVleet if he does end up leaving. Right. Yeah. So the, the NBA has a soft cap which is very different from something like the NHL, which in theory has a hard cap. You've got a certain amount of money you can spend and all your players fit onto that line. And that's just the end of the conversation. They've got some injury exceptions that, that help them with that. But generally speaking, you've got that much money. The NBA has a, several tiers. We talked about the luxury tax. Right. Um, and that's one of the higher tiers. Essentially, you go above that and you're spending, all, you're getting taxed. There's actually lines above that where you start to, if you spend so much, you start to lose things, uh, lose the ability to add to your team. But further down, there's the cap, salary cap level. And the idea is if you have salary below that line, you can go out and just spend that money on a free agent. And that can be, if you have $50 million in cap space, you can go out and give somebody their maximum salary because you've got just, this is what Houston has. They've got $60 million. And they're attached to five different free agents right now because everybody wants to be stepped And there's a salary floor in the same way there's a salary cap. And you got you to gotta do that at the start of the year now, which is a new change to the CBA that I saw. Yes. So they're incentivized to actually spend. Used to be teams would just go into the season with that $50 million of cap space and say, well, we'll make trades at trade deadline and, and get up to that minimum salary. Not anymore. It's all going to happen in the summer. So that will help. Uh, a, with all the rebalancing of salaries around the league, you're going to see with all the luxury tax concerns. Uh, but B, there's no free agents that are going to get underpaid because right. just, the money has to be spent. Money. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, so the, the idea of the soft cap is that, well, if you're under that cap line, you can actually just go spend money. But right. if you're above that cap line, you can't sign free agents. Now, because the NBA has a soft cap, there are exceptions to that cap. Literally named that in the CBA. So they're basically saying ways you can increase your team salary even though you're over the cap. So those trade exceptions, those are that's the exception that if you make a trade, you can each increase your salary by a little bit when you make that trade. You bring in a little bit more salary than you send out, that sort of thing. Um, there's also free agent exceptions. So teams that are over the cap get to go out and spend a certain amount of money on a free agent, even though they don't have cap space. Uh, so the most common one is called the mid-level exception. This year, it's about $12 million over the course of the contract, like $13, $14 million per year. So that would be the sort of spending power the Raptors have if they let Fred, even if they let Fred and Yak walk, they won't have any significant cap space. They'll still be above right. that bottom soft cap or close enough to it that the mid-level exception would be more than the cap space they can get. Um, so you can operate as an above the, tax, above the cap team. Um, so that's the sort of money they're looking to work with. Now, Jack Pirtle's probably going to get about $18 million starting salary. So you know you're not going to get a Jack Pirtle level player with your $12 million you have to play with. So you're looking for significantly below starting level players. Sort of a, a bench role player. Or right. in the case of the Raptors, if they lose Fred Van Vliet, maybe a substitute starting point Your guard. starting point guard that is going to be getting paid like a bench player and we know that starting point guards come with a premium already so some of those guys that the Raptors I mean Gabe Vincent seems to be the big name just because he is coming off of a finals appearance um he is projected to make somewhere around the mid-level um I'd imagine that the Heat want to run it back and are going to try to bring him back but is that someone that you would probably throw that money at yeah I mean like there's going to be no perfect payments 
like this, everybody on this list is going to be a, uh, I guess, <laughs> because that's the reality of the salary level we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so there's a few interesting options. The Heat, yes, would probably want to keep Gabe Vincent, but they probably also want to keep Max Struess. Right. And right now they are an incredibly expensive team. Yeah. Like they have over $170 million committed to their players. They've got so many big salary players. They might pursue some sort of Kyle Lowry wave, wave. stretch or a trade. It's over. Bring, That's yeah, it for Van Vliet. We really if, run it back. If if Lowry comes back, that would be great. But I suspect he's going to keep trying to find a contender to play out. Yeah, probably. Sure. Probably that joining Nick cool. Nurse in Philadelphia, but I'd like to dream big. But until they do that, they're in trouble financially. So they might lose Struce or Vincent or both, depending on what their situation is financially. So it might be worth throwing uh, – an offer at him. And Gabe Vincent's not like restricted either. They can't just match no. it. So if he wanted to leave, he could leave. Right. Um, I suspect he'd stay <laughs> considering uh, the, the relative teams, but it makes the most sense. And it's not like he has like an undersized role there. He is a starting point guard. It's different when it's a bench guy who's like, yeah, I want to finally start, you know, the Tyus Jones, the uh, DeLon Wrights, that sort of story. This is a different situation here where he's already a starter and he already gets plenty of playing time. And he's, He's in a perfectly suited role for him. I, I just want to sort of interrupt this to hear, hear a lot of people talking about Gabe Vincent's fit with the Raptors team. He had a really, really, really great playoff run, and I don't want to take anything away from him. He is not a pick-and-roll point guard. He is not someone that you can just throw out there and say, yeah, you and Yak, let's see what your two-man game looks like. Or can you set screens for Siakam and run an inverted pick-and-roll? He's not a guy who can do that. His outside shot is nowhere near as good as Fred Van Vliet's. His finishing still, even, you know, if we talk about how poor Fred Van Vliet's finishing is, not as good. Gabe Vincent's is still not as good as Fred Van Vliet. He's he's a, a downgrade sort of across the board, not to be disrespectful to him. He had a great run. He's just not a starting point guard when you don't have a Kyle Lowry backing you up and you don't have a Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler starting alongside you who run a lot of pick and rolls themselves and can handle the ball and can play, make and do all of that stuff. So um, they don't run a lot of pick and Kyle does. He's there. But um, still, so I just wanted to sort of interrupt with that just because I've been frustrated here. You can just hit game. And I'm like, it's not the same. No, um, no and, and I think that's the point here is that no matter what we do or the Raptors do, uh, they are going to be downgrading significantly if they lose yes. their identity. Yep. So that's sort of just the reality you have to live with when you're evaluating these names is that if you're going to hold them up to the Fred standard, they're all going to look pretty bad. So really yeah. it's what's the best thing they can get to sort of help them not just not have a point guard next year unless they want to rely heavily on Malachi Flynn. You know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's the option is not currently on the roster unless the person's name is Fred Van Vliet, right? Like it it doesn't exist. And so uh, and I don't know what your take what your feelings on this are. My thing is I, I believe Fred Van Vliet is gonna stay just because I think it would be a, a giant blunder from the front office to walk into free agency and, and he just sort of disappears and they made a they traded uh at, you know for Jakob Pertle at the deadline and gave away next year's pick and are walking into next year with no point guard to me that just feels like a really giant blunder and a miscalculation on their end and that might be a thing sometimes you take a big swing and you you miss I just don't believe it to be true I don't I think that they have a great relationship with Fred VanVleet I think they can offer Fred you know a lot of money and a lot of years and a winning team as opposed to a babysitting situation that's happening in Houston so I think there are a lot of reasons for Fred to stay while I recognize there are 40 million reasons for him to go and I can never begrudge someone for chasing money now, what I will say is if he does go to Houston, 
in my feelings, in my opinion, what I think the Raptors should do is not look at a replacement point guard because as we've talked about, there is no one that can do that for this team. There's just, unless you can get Damian Lillard, like unless we can facilitate a trade, orchestrate a trade and actually bring Dame to this team and maybe there's something there. Um, that would be fun. <laughs> I, I just don't think that you have an upgrade. So you might as well start to pull this team apart and start entertaining some of those trades that you've been hearing for Pascal Siakam and some of your other guys. What are your thoughts on something like that? Yeah, I think that's definitely an option. I don't think the Raptors front office will ever allow themselves to be forced down one yes. of those paths. If yeah. Fred blocks, I think that very much them saying, look, yeah, we're going to give you an extra couple million dollars a year to make sure that you stay. We're going to go spend the mid-level exception. I don't love that, but I agree that that's probably what they do. It's very much an option for – they're not big fans of the whole let's not win as much as we can yeah. <laughs> plan. Uh, they're also not big fans of let's let's trade as the you know as a team that's being forced to make a trade here um they never really operate from that except really with the rudy gay trade and that was still to a team that really desperately wanted rudy gay right um so yeah it's it's rare that we see a messiah jerry front office do that so so if they do uh go into those back into those pascal trade discussions i think it'll be with the attitude of we're still thinking about holding this thing together you know we still need to see your best offer if you want to try Pascal away. Because Pascal right. has seemingly made it known he actually does want to stick around with yeah. the Raptors. So there's not really that much pressure. Also, the team-building timeline for this team was never, oh, they're going to win a championship this year. It was yeah. always, hey, let's keep a pretty good team around Scotty, see how he develops. And over the next few years, we'll try to keep all of our core pieces as much as we can. And if a big trade comes along, that we can jump on, great. Uh, and if eventually Scotty makes a big leap, also great. And we'll already have good players around him. Um, It'd be perfect. So if there's a setback in that plan and Fred Van Vliet is gone, I don't think that changes the rest of the plan. It still makes sense to have a Pascal Siakam and an OG and an OB beside Scotty Barnes that he can play beside when he's suddenly good. Yeah. If, of course, everything goes great. So I think they can easily talk themselves into not making a bad trade. That being said... You know, there's two teams rumored to be going after Pascal most heavily. Uh, there was the Portland rumors. Mm. And then there was Atlanta, who presumably have made a yeah. bunch of offers. Yeah. The Atlanta offers um, don't look great on the face of them, but they have a couple of interesting prospects. Uh, I would think you'd try to get DeJunte Murray back in the deal. So now you have a point guard. <laughs> now that Fred's gone. He's yeah. a little bit younger than Pascal. He will be due a raise next year as well. So he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, took a little bit of a step back with the Hawks and they might not value quite as much as they did when they first traded for him. Um, so maybe that's the centerpiece to a, to a trade. Uh, they interestingly just did a trade with John Collins going out, which right. can't be executed until after the moratorium when the free, when free agency starts. So they could in theory... He's still technically a Hawk. He's still technically a Hawk. So he, that trade could be combined with any Raptors trade to make the, fin the finances right. easier to make happen. I don't know. It's not a great offer. Yeah. The, the Blazers, again, if they decide they want to build around Dame and just give him the veterans he wants, I don't know what their status is. It seems like it's the same every year where he really wants stuff and he never gets it. Um, but if they did want to make a trade, every option they had available to them at the draft is available now. Like right. Scoot was the guy people wanted. We can still trade for Scoot if that's what they really wanted to do. Um, 
but but who knows? Uh, there might be a completely different offer out there in the market that we haven't heard about because James Harden just got just opted in and nobody saw that coming. So no, which is like the James Harden news is proof that like anything can happen and it will change with with every single team. There's also like it feels like all of these teams have major decisions to make. I mean, how much money does Golden State want to pay Draymond? How does that change the market if Draymond is a free agent? Where can he go? What do the Clippers want to do with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Are they going to give them extensions both? What does that look like? Or can they be out on the market? So it feels like a lot of teams are, are quite frankly, in limbo. And then you have the Washington Wizards that have a ton of guards that everyone can maybe look to get. So it, it'll be a very interesting off season. I feel like a lot of our off seasons in, especially in the next coming years, as teams try to move off the salary to not get hit with, you know, the punitive new CBA that's going to come into place next season, uh, like fully, at least the next off season. Um, this is, this is an interesting conversation. Like I'm, I'm trying to sort of get every thought out of my head. And I just keep thinking like if Fred walks, I'm sorry. Just like cash in. <laughs> just just do it already. It kind of yeah, depends no. what's out there, right? So no, like completely there has right. to don't be an never offer. sell, never sell at you know lower value. Don't don't give up John Collins for Rudy Gay in a second round pick. Don't be that team. No. Uh I completely agree with that. Now this is a great conversation. And I think you've explained as you always do the the uh CBA quite brilliantly. Um, is there any sort of thing that you've looked at in, in this new CBA that's come out that's really stood out at you as maybe a major change from the last one or something that you maybe find interesting? Um, there was stuff. Uh, one thing that was kind of neat that they added was um, second round picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, first round draft picks, they just they, they have a special salary scale. Every team, right. if you draft a player with a first round pick, you get this special contract they sign, a rookie scale contract. Second round picks got nothing. You had right. to just sign them a cap space, sign them with a minimum salary exception, whatever. They've actually created a second round draft pick exception now. Okay. So if you have a second round uh, pick, then you have a special contract you can offer them, um, which it, it has some funny mechanics to it that I find interesting, but most people won't. Uh, just the standard team options in there, just like there are with first round uh, draft picks. Um, but they uh, they do some funny things with the salary. Suddenly, the those second round draft picks aren't going to be making the minimum anymore. Right. They're making a slightly more than the minimum. So good for the players who are second round draft picks. Yeah, uh, get a little more money. A lot of the guys on the fringe edge of the league have actually been benefited from this uh, this CBA uh, okay. exhibit exhibit ten guys, which are guys that might end up on a two way contract. They right. get a bigger bonus. Two way players get more guaranteed salary in their contracts. There's a lot of stuff that's sort of helping the players that are like barely in the league actually be sort of financially viable, which is, I think, generally a good thing for a league that that. makes in billions of dollars. Yeah, I feel like quite often um, when these new sort of CBAs are released, a large part of it is because, you know, Chris Paul being president or you've got LeBron James as vice or whoever else, it feels like it's the superstars. You hear things like, oh, the 36 plus rule turns to the 38 plus. It's like, oh yeah, who does that benefit? Oh yeah, the superstars who are in their mid to late 30s. Um, and so it's nice to hear of changes, even the supermax, even us, we've talked a lot about maxes and the supermax that Pascal can get and all these other changes seem to benefit the guys at the top of the league. And and so to hear that there are some changes to benefit the fringe basketball players, I think is, is quite nice. Now, a lot of people have been looking at the CBA saying, this is going to really hurt the 
the guys sort of, that sort of make middle money, maybe some of what we were talking about with, with Jakob Pertl, um, or, you know, Grant Williams, who's vice president, someone like him in his next contract, if teams are so, are so stuck on, um, not wanting to hit the second apron or not wanting to be a luxury pack tax paying team, are they going to only give out maxes are always going to be given to star players and then is it going to be maxes and minimums? Are we squeezing out the the middle class of the NBA? What are your thoughts on people who say things like that? I think um, I think you might see a different pattern happening. So okay. with with the salary limits that are being put in place, the old system of, oh, you get three stars on your team. Right. And you win with a bunch of minimums. Already seems to be going away in the current CBA, let alone the new one. Someone tell Phoenix. Um, <laughs> well... <laughs> Phoenix has yet to win with that uh, approach. Um, so it seems like more and more teams are skewing towards you either have one superstar and several very good players, or you've got two superstars and some very good players. Right. Um, and that seems to be the way to win. So regardless of how much money you have to hand around, there's still ways to build a team that will be more successful than just grabbing as many stars as you can. Um, in terms of the money being spread around differently um we we've seen this forever uh right. whenever the as the cap increases you always start to see players pay Mozgov money that was a spe- special exception but there's lots that have <laughs> right. that. Otto porter jr is a great example he was paid 30 million dollars a year way before 30 million dollars was relatively cheap like it is now but still <laughs> but he was paid the maximum salary as yeah. a three and d player yeah Right? And so teams are going to make mistakes like that. Teams are going to overpay role players and they're not going to benefit from it because the right. reality is you're better off spending that money in multiple places than in one place. Um, and that's going to be true no matter how punitive the Unless the you're the Houston are. Rockets trying to give all of your money to Fred Van Fleet. Now, Don't are, do well, it. They're just trying to hit the floor. <laughs> I know. So the other, the other thing is that uh, the reality is players are not going to get squeezed out of money. Some players might get more money. Some players might get less money, but the players get a certain amount of money. They get half of the revenue of the NBA. What is it? 51% or is it actually exactly 50? It's between 50 and 51, depending on a whole bunch of different things. Um, But roughly half of revenues uh, go to the players. So um, that's how much money gets spread around. There's 450 ish players in the league. You get on average one 450th of half the revenues of the league. And you know, so from the players' association point of view, it's like, well, that's the important thing, and that's actually people keep pointing to the CBA and saying, oh, the players got raked over the coals with yeah. all these new restrictions. It's like, no, the players are getting the same amount of money. In fact, they're getting more. A lot of the concessions they got was more of the revenues that the NBA has that has coming in the door are counted now as basketball-related income, which is the amount that they actually get half of. Right. So now they actually get more of the revenues for themselves. They have more freedoms about getting, uh, you know, investments they can make in different types of companies and things right. that they were restricted from before. There was a lot of big financial wins for the players in this. And the, the team building stuff that the teams are stuck with uh, to create this parity, it limits player movement a little bit, but right. I think it's a trade the players are happy to make. Right. I, I, and I, I get it. I think where fans sort of come from, 
I don't think anyone's worried about, you know, what's in player X's pockets, right? It's more so how can my team build with player X so we can't afford him anymore because of this thing? Well, players got raked over the coals. And I think that's where we sort of all come from it. It's 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 quite selfish in that we we understand it from from wanting our teams to be built properly and seeing that that can't be done unless you get uh, a, a big pay cut to to sort of fit in with the team. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I feel like we've learned a lot here today about the CBA. And, and when I say we, I mean myself and the, and the listeners <laughs> have heard, have learned a lot today about the CBA. And and honestly, like I, I feel a little bit better about the idea of Fred Van Vliet coming back and, and what the Raptors' options are without him. I'm going to be honest, still bleak, in my opinion. It's still bleak. Frank, come back, Fred Van Vliet. Please, please, please. Because I just... I don't know. I don't know about this team without a point guard. Um, but yeah, this is a great conversation. I uh, want to tell everybody where they can find you if you have any last words as well. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, if Fred goes, it's bad. Um, I do think that they've got other options besides just going on the, the free agent market with the mid-level. They can do trades. Yeah. I mean, who Houston, knows what they want to do. Washington's got a ton of guards. They got a lot of guards. They're all uh, backup point guards. I don't, I don't, I don't know how much... Uh, can bring Delon right home. I think that's everything for today. Thank you so much for listening, and um, please tell the people where they can find you again. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I mostly just write on on Twitter, so you can again follow me at uh, dhackett one five six five. Um, and uh, yeah, I promise to bore you to death with uh, cap minutia. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you everyone for tuning in. What's up?